Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Welcome back, Courier Nation, for another week. It's good to have you back, and it is good to be back again. And uh, thank you once again for joining me on the Deliver on Your Business podcast. Before we get into today's pod topic, I want to cover a couple of bits of news of the day. The first one is something that uh, it could actually impact all of us, and that is the fact that uh, as it stands right now, the $600 a week um, extra unemployment benefit is supposed is is set to expire at the end of this month. And you wouldn't think that that impacts us if we're not on unemployment. But what could end up happening as a result of that is it could end up forcing a lot of people that are maybe uh, taking unemployment as drivers, and it forces them back into doing deliveries and thus starting to maybe saturate the market. And uh, you could end up seeing a slowdown. So just kind of keep an eye out for uh, what might be happening with that. Uh, Another point about some of the uh, pandemic relief that uh, you want to be aware of is uh, we've talked in the past about the EIDL, which is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and uh, that one had a $1,000 grant to it. There was a loan, but then there was like a $1,000 advance for an independent contractor. If you're an employer, it could be up to $10,000. Now, some comments. There's a little box when you fill out the application that says, I want to be considered for the advance, and that's the part that you don't have to pay back. Well, that little checkbox is gone. I had a few people comment that say, hey, I don't see the checkbox. Well, there's a reason for that, and that is that the grant part has run out. The grant is no longer available. It is only You can still apply for the loan, but you'll have to pay back the total amount on that. So be aware of that. Pandem- or the Paycheck Protection Program is still available through August 8th. If you are thinking of applying for that, you are eligible as an independent contractor. If you're thinking of applying for that, you want to do it soon. Um, originally, it was going to expire on June 30th, uh, but a lot of the lenders shut down the application process a few days early because there's some things that they've got to do just to make sure that everything is processed by the expiration date. So you can kind of plan on maybe that's still happening. So if you're going to apply for that, maybe do it by the end of the month so that you're not left scrambling trying to find somebody to do the application for you. One last piece of news. I've seen some screenshots out there of uh, emails sent out to caviar drivers that, uh, you know what, I think caviar made a liar out of me or something. Here I was talking about when uh, Uber announced that they were going to buy Postmates, and I kind of made the comparison to caviar being kept as a separate app because it filled a separate niche. Well, according to what I've seen on those screenshots, it looks like they're just going to end up morph everything into DoorDash. Caviar is going to be completely absorbed into DoorDash as of August 24th. If you're a caviar courier, you've probably received that uh, email. And uh, um, I'm interested to see if that impacts what happens with Postmates. Caviar was bought, the deal was closed in November. And so it has taken this long. So it's been about eight or nine months, you know, so here's the deal is the Uber Eats Postmates deal is not going to close until early next year. So even if right now Uber has announced that they're going to keep Postmates as a separate app, I expect that to happen. 
But even if they do decide they're going to kind of morph everything together, that is something that I have seen in technology mergers that it takes close to a year for them to get to a point where they can actually merge everything together. So at the very least, Postmates is going to be around for at least another year is my guess with that. And, uh, you know, just, just something that kind of comes to mind with this. All right. So today's topic, what is it like delivering for Grubhub? Last week, I asked the question, what's it like delivering for Uber Eats? Next week, I'll ask about DoorDash. I still don't know if I'm going to do one on Postmates because right now I'm not delivering for Postmates. So I'm not sure that I can give you a real fair treatment of that one. But uh, what is it like to deliver for Grubhub? You know, when I first started doing deliveries, um, I started with Uber Eats. And then at one time I was, uh, and, you know, I'm probably making about $13, $14 an hour. I wasn't real impressed or anything, but uh, it was starting to improve a little bit. And then I was at a sandwich shop waiting on an order, and there was a, a Grubhub driver there also waiting. And we, we were just chatting a little bit about what it was like and everything. And he said, you know, I've been making about $1,300 a week lately. And I was like, no way. He pulled out his phone and he showed me his earnings report. He had made $1,300 last week. Way. And, you know, he did say, you know, I, I put a lot of hours in to make that, though. I mean, he was working 70 to 75 hours a week. So, you know, I look back at that now and it's like, okay, that's not so unbelievable. At 70 hours, he, he ought to be making about $1,500. And, and that's that's the way I see it now. But still, $1,300, that was that that's... That's a heck of a lot more than I had imagined was possible doing delivery. And I I had no plans of going to 70 hours a week, but you want to take a guess at who decided to give Grubhub a try right after that. And that kind of started my journey into checking out all the different apps. But, uh, you know, and from that point forward, Grubhub was my primary. And so that's... That's kind of what I want to cover right now is what is it actually like delivering for Grubhub? I did a series last fall where I really, I spent, you know, an episode each on each of the different carriers, but it really was kind of more of a big picture of all the different elements of the company. And this time around with this series, I wanted to get more just into the experience. What is it really like doing deliveries for these? And so that's what I'll get into a little bit. It's just, just what's it, what's it like? What's it like getting started? What's it like doing the deliveries? What's it like getting paid? Different things like that. Because I figure if you're delivering for somebody else, or maybe you are uh, thinking about going into delivery and you want to think about some of the different companies, maybe sometimes that experience type of thing is a good thing to listen to. So that's, that's what we'll get into today. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, go to the contact page at entrecourier.com. You can shoot me an email. You can leave me a voicemail. Uh, there's there's a little button where you can click on the microphone and leave me a message that way. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts as far as what you think about doing it, what's your experience like. Grubhub is different. Grubhub seems to be different than everybody else. You know, two and a half years ago especially, they were the king of the mountain. It seemed like everybody else was begging for drivers. Everybody was throwing out, and there still are, throwing out referral fees, all this stuff to get people to go out and drive for them. And Grubhub was just putting people on a wait list, you know. So it was like everybody else was trying to get drivers and Grubhub had more than enough. And fortunately, you know, back when I was doing this, it was right in the middle of a very busy time. So I was able to get on right away. But it was very different than starting out with Uber Eats. With Uber Eats, you filled out, you know, the form and uh, you get an email. Oh, you pass the, paper, the background check. You can get started. Okay, now what? You can get started. 
<laughs> that was about it. You know, you, you turn on the app, you hit the go, and, and away you go. Grubhub was a little different. Um, I actually had to go into the office at that time. I'm not even sure if that they, from what I hear, they tend to send stuff out more. But more than anything, it was all about just going in, getting my delivery bags, getting my free shirt and hat, which I hardly ever wore if I wore at all. I, I don't remember if I ever did wear my Grubhub shirt. But I did get a chance to kind of meet with my driver specialist, and he uh, was able to answer a few questions. But I think the part that really impressed me the most about it, the bags were a heck of a lot better than anything else anybody is doing. And um, But the part that really impressed me was the fact that there was a driver specialist, that, that here was something where, you know, with Uber, it was all just through this app. And with Grubhub, it was like, here was somebody real. There was somebody I could contact if I had issues. That part's kind of changed. I, I mean, it's still there. You still have a driver specialist. But uh, I have experienced this. I know a lot of people have experienced this. It's, it's a heck of a lot harder to get through to that specialist now. And I think it's because Grubhub has just put more and more and more on their plate. So, you know, that was one thing, though, that was different. Something else that was different about Grubhub was, and it was this part about getting started that um, was kind of different in that with Uber Eats, you just turn on the app and there and away you go. With Grubhub, with Grubhub, you can do that. But the main thing with Grubhub is you got these schedules. The schedule is an important part of everything. You pick up, you set, you you uh, you pick up schedule blocks, you know, and they could be one or two hour blocks, just depending on where you are, and and they give priority to people that are on a schedule. And if things are really busy, then you can just go available without being on a schedule. But that was a big part of it. And so you know, and that was something that they told me back when I started was you really want to be on a schedule. Now, I think Grubhub uses that schedule as a way to try and control and manipulate. We'll get into that a little bit more. But you don't have to be on a schedule to deliver, but it actually is better. And I've, I've discovered that the last few months, eh, you know, it's it's kind of back and forth. Sometimes it's just as well not being on a schedule, uh, but things are very different with the pandemic. But it feels to me like things are getting back to normal. So, um, you know, that that's that's one thing that is a little bit different. Um now the thing with schedules is, you know, you can you can try and at, at the uh, end of the week before you can go in and uh, set up your schedule for the week. This is the part that I didn't like as much. I like the independent contractor thing because of the flexibility, and I didn't like having to kind of commit for the week. You know, now you don't have to commit. You can you can pick up schedule blocks and then you can drop them. There are some consequences, and it just kind of depends on what you're trying to do, whether or not there are real consequences or not. But you can uh, you can go in at the uh, end of the week. There are different program levels. If if you're accepting everything, you can go in on Thursday and have first access to the schedule. There's a second level that has access on Friday, and then the rest of us were on Saturday. Usually, I could get all the hours that I wanted on if I go in at the right time on Saturday. Um, or you could kind of take a chance and try and do it on the fly. And sometimes it works real well, where it's just like, you know, you go, you pull up the schedule. Oh yeah, there's some blocks available for tonight and you grab them. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that's, that's the other thing that's kind of different is sometimes you have to plan ahead a little bit more with Grubhub, uh, so that you can get on the schedule and go. Either way, you go available and you get your offer. Now the offer screen that you get from Grubhub is similar to the offer screen with everybody else, just a little bit less detail. You have a map, 
and the map shows where the restaurant is and the map shows where the customer is. And then with Grubhub, you also have the restaurant and the address for the restaurant and the amount. And then a button to accept and a button to reject the offer. And that's it. Uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash both give you estimated distance for the trip. And DoorDash actually gives you, I'm sorry, Uber Eats actually gives you estimated uh, number of minutes that it's going to take. You don't get any of that. You've got to kind of estimate all of that by looking at the map. So it's really, really important that you understand and that you know your territory. And, and especially for me, because my approach and the way that I recommend people do it is you want to kind of make your decisions based on how much time you think a delivery is going to take. So you really need to kind of know, you know, how far are you looking at going by looking at a map? And so, and, and, you know, they're always sizing the map differently. So it's kind of hard to say that's if you can kind of tell where you're going, there's, there's a little orange icon that shows where the restaurant is on the map. And then there's this little white icon with a green outline that shows where the customer is. Now the problem with that customer icon, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it kind of blends in with the color of the map. You know, uh, the background of the map is all kind of this greenish color and, you know, green and white. And it just kind of, sometimes it blends in and sometimes I'll get an offer where that icon is almost completely off of the map and it's just the little point is sticking out. And uh, so sometimes it's just hard to see where the customer is, but you get a look, you kind of see where the restaurant is, where the customer is, how much money it is. And then you just have to make a decision. How do you decide? It's really up to you. Now, the good news is with Grubhub, though, is you know how much money you're going to get. That dollar amount is set in stone. I've never seen it change. I have never in two and a half years and thousands of deliveries seen it change. And in some ways, that makes it easier to decide. Personally, what I do is I use, I used to call it the 40 cent rule. I've changed it. It's the 50 cent rule now. That delivery has to pay me 50 cents a minute for me to take it. It's still kind of the 40 cent rule, but kind of the idea of the 50 cent rule is if it's borderline, then I'm more likely to take it. Where when I was doing it, 40 cents a minute, if it was borderline, it was probably a no. It's easier to calculate with the 50 cent rule, and I'll explain why. But the thing is, is you've got to kind of get, a, you, you've got to do a quick estimate. How fast can I get this delivery done? So that's why you need to kind of really know your area because you know how far you're going to be driving. You've got to have an idea. How long is it going to take you to drive that way? And you want to know your restaurants. How long do you think you're going to have to wait at the restaurant? Here's how it works for me with Grubhub when I do the 50 cent rule. It's very simple. I double the dollar amount, and that's how many minutes I should have it done in. 50 cents a minute means if it's a 16-minute delivery, that's $8, right? So I just re reverse engineer that. In other words, at um, if it's an $8 offer, then I just double that, and then I say, can I get this delivery done in 16 minutes or, or less? If I can, I'm taking it. If I don't think I can, I'll pass. If it's a $5 delivery, can I get it done in 10 minutes? I'll take it. If it's a $15 delivery, can I get it done in 30 minutes? If not, I pass, you know? And so that's, that's, about, that's, that's about as simple as it is. So it's, it's calculating your distance and it's trying to get an idea. How long is it going to take me to do this? How long do I think I'm going to have to wait at the restaurant? And uh, can I get this delivery done in 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is based on that dollar amount? Now, here's the thing is you don't have to accept every order. Some people choose to. 
Some people choose uh, to make decisions based on just the dollar amount, and, and it's really up to you. I have found that doing it on a cents per minute has helped me to keep my earnings consistent. I hear a lot of people talk about they got this big swings, and you know, some days they'll go out and maybe make about average about $10 an hour, and other days it's about $30 an hour. And I don't have those swings, and part of it is because I think because I keep that rule and I kind of set my price that way, and and it kind of I, for me it helps me avoid all those swings. But the thing with the offer that you get with Grubhub is you've got a lot of time to make that decision. And the other thing is there's not a lot of pressure on it. And and here's what I mean. I think I think it's 90 seconds that Grubhub holds that out, which is a huge amount of time. And so you've got a little bit of time to study the map. With the other apps, let's say Uber Eats or DoorDash or anybody else, you know, you you uh, you turn down an offer and right away you could have another offer. So it's kind of like if you wait to make your decision or you know you're not going to do it, but you wait before you press the decline, well, you could be passing on maybe the next possible offer. You know what I'm saying? And that's not the case so much with Grubhub because you've got that 90 seconds, but it doesn't matter if you decline that right away or if you wait the 90 seconds. Now, maybe in some markets a different length of time, but you get a feel for how long you get pretty quickly. All right, so here's why it doesn't matter because – Grubhub sends out their orders in a two-minute cycle. So whether you accept it right away or you wait until the very last moment to accept or reject, or if you reject it right away or you wait that full two minutes or 90 seconds, you're not getting an order until two minutes after that first one came in. There are some rare exceptions, but it's not that often that it happens. It's usually this two-minute cycle. So, you know, that, that kind of takes some of the pressure off to make a quick decision. So you get a chance to get a look at it. Now, if you're working with other apps, maybe you want to make your decisions a little quicker, but you get a chance to take a look. And I like that. One weird thing is this. If you say you don't want to take that order, you got to give a reason why. I think it's stupid because they don't do anything with that. But, you know, they give you a lot of options. You know, the distance is too far. Total value is too low. In the end, I don't think it really matters which one you choose. Just pick one and be done with it because they don't change anything based on what you select. Now, maybe they use it for some kind of statistics, but they're not very reliable because I think most of us just tap on whatever's convenient. Most of the time, I will click on the total value is too low because total value is too low. Even if it's a $20 order, the total value is because it's going to take me an hour and a half or something like that. And there's going to be a long wait at the restaurant and stuff. So it doesn't make sense to me. That still is the same thing as the total value is too low because I'm going to make too little per hour. So that's kind of your decision-making process. And uh, then when you accept a delivery, this is kind of what it's like. You <clears throat> accept the offer, you go to pick up. And with most, you know, most pickups are the same no matter what the company is. Probably the biggest thing to be aware of with Grubhub is there's two things really that stand out. One is Grubhub tends to have a higher probability that you're going to have a long wait. They're notorious for sending delivery offers to the courier at the same time as they send it to the restaurant. And that means you're going to be stuck waiting at the restaurant for a while. When things are slower that's more likely to happen. If you've had a few minutes be between orders, there's a real good chance that you're going to have a wait when you do get an order. And uh, when things are busier, usually the food's ready for you. But, you know, it, it does seem like it is more likely that you're going to have a wait with Grubhub than anybody else. And uh, that's, that's my experience. Maybe different markets are different. I don't know. Um, the other thing is Grubhub has tended to be doing more order and pay offers than anybody else lately. 
Uh, it seems like they've gotten real aggressive with that since they uh, since they started putting in that option that you have to place an order. Uh, generally, that one doesn't impact me that much because I rarely take those offers. Uh, it's just there's there's too much wait time. If you have to place the order and then wait for the food, uh, I'm not getting paid well for that. So it's got to be a really really good paying order for me to even think about taking one of those. But that that kind of thing, you know, th- those are the two things that are probably maybe the biggest difference with Grubhub than anybody else. Most of the time, you just go in, and uh, the nice thing about the pandemic is I think you know the restaurants have gotten a lot more efficient as far as having it ready for us to pick up. You go in, you pick up the food, whatever the instructions are with the particular restaurant, and you are on your way. That gets us into the delivery. I don't know that there's a lot of difference in in dropping off from one company to the other. Um, it it seemed like my experience was that maybe it seemed like it was a little harder sometimes to find the customer, or I was waiting a little bit more for the customer at least before the pandemic. Um, I, there's there's a couple of things. One thing about dropping off with the customer is I think there's a little less pressure with Grubhub than with anybody else. Here's here's the thing with Grubhub. You don't have to worry about a rating system. You don't have to worry about whether or not whatever happens with the delivery is going to impact your tip because everything's already set in the amount that they gave you. You're getting what you're getting. If your service is great, you're getting what you're getting. If your service is crappy, you're getting what you're getting. I think that's kind of contributed to some of Grubhub's downfall. There's less incentive for good service than there is with anybody else. But you know, at the same time, there's also probably less pressure, too. And with the, with the pandemic and having the contact-free deliveries, it's actually a little bit easier process. You put the food where the customer asks it to be put, you send them a text, and you move on your way. And uh, everybody else kind of wants you to take a picture, different things like that. You can do that to kind of cover yourself in case they say you didn't do it. I've never had an issue with that. But I don't know. You know, I think it goes both ways. It's it's like, okay, one side is it's good not to have that pressure. The other side is there's also less accountability. And, uh, and and sometimes I think that gets abused by drivers. But that's kind of the delivery process. It's It's fairly straightforward. You take the food to the customer if they want it given to them. You, you wait for them to come out. And if uh, they want no contact, you just leave it and let them know. Follow-up deliveries and offers. Now, when I figured out that I did not need to take every single delivery, I started making more money. I could be more selective. Also led to a little bit of a dilemma there. And, and this goes back to that two-minute cycle thing, because it's like, okay, I drop off. And now I'm kind of waiting for that, you know, the end of that two-minute cycle that I'm in before I get the next offer. And if I turn that down, now I'm waiting another two minutes. And so sometimes I could be waiting five or ten minutes. Now, along the line, Grubhub did start, you know, sometimes they'll start uh, sending you offers when you're getting close to the customer. So usually you can have an idea of where you're going next. And the nice thing with Grubhub is sometimes you can just really get into a groove with that because it's like you're you're getting there and then they send you an offer and you take it. And, and the next thing you know, you've got 10, 15 offers and it flows and it's like nobody can beat them when, when that's happening. It's just like order after order after order and you're staying busy and you're making money and they're all good offers. And, and all of a sudden I've accepted like 10 or 15 in a row and you're almost afraid to reject something because you don't want to get out of that groove. And and I've noticed that, too, that it's kind of like as soon as I do accept something, all of a sudden everything is seven miles away. 
Grubhub is weird that way. They can be horrible at the stuff they throw at you. I mean, I get stuff where I'll get several offers in a row that are all seven miles away. And and it's almost like, you know, is is uh, are they reading my GPS wrong or something like that? Are they seeing me as being somewhere else? Even though my map on the app is showing me as being where I am, it's, it's just weird. And the other thing that you got to look out for with Grubhub is they love to send you on long deliveries. You know, it's either a long way to go pick up the food or it, it seems like the average distance for a delivery with Grubhub is longer than anybody else. I haven't measured it, uh, you know, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But I'm just seeing it, it seems like they set a, they they have less boundaries. And, and I think part of that thinking is that it's like, OK, if we just open up the boundaries and just make everything available, then that's more options for the customer. And that means more likelihood that they're going to place an order through us. And who gives a crap if it's taking 45 minutes to drive that food across town and the food's going to be cold? There's no quality control around that as long as they made the sale, you know, and they got their commission. They're happy. That's my take on it anyway. Getting paid. Grubhub Grubhub has always had this reputation of being the better paying app out there. And I think they have been. And and actually, I was doing probably 75% of my earnings were from Grubhub. And a lot of it was because the pay was consistent. And uh, it, it was just steady, you know. Grubhub, one of the best things about them is they do the best job of anybody at encouraging their customers to tip. They set the default tip, I think, a little bit higher, and tips just seem to be higher on Grubhub orders. And as a result, I just I see more $10 offers and, and plus with Grubhub than I do anywhere else. That makes it really nice. And um, supposedly, this is how the pay works with Grubhub, that it's like about $0.22 cents a mile and $0.13 cents a minute. All based on estimates, of course. They don't they don't pay extra if it takes longer, like like Uber does, or Uber Eats does, or anything like that. It's just it's set, and so. But you know, it's not a real transparent formula. And lately, Grubhub has been doing in my market like nine dollar minimums, and and recently they dropped it to eight dollars, and I expect that to drop even further. Uh, just because things are kind of getting back to normal, things are slowing down. They don't have to pay as much to try and get people out there. Really kind of surprised the heck out of me that they were doing this, just because Grubhub has never been one to like do incentives or do extra pay, uh, not not nearly to the degree that everybody else does. You know, it, it can be just super busy out there, and uh, you know, DoorDash is throwing out $10 peak pay, and you know, Uber Eats is throwing out a $7 surge, and Grubhub is just doing their regular rate. And so it really kind of surprised me that that they're doing this, you know, like a nine dollar minimum. And and even if there's no tip, I've had some where there was no tip at all. And uh, Grubhub paid the complete nine dollars themselves. It's kind of very unusual for Grubhub. I'm going to enjoy it while it's there. But uh, I expect that it's going to go away eventually. In the end, I would say, like I said, Grubhub's still the king when it comes to tips. I think Grubhub still tends to be just a little bit better on the average per delivery. They tend to be a little bit longer deliveries on average. So sometimes the hourly rate is about even with Uber Eats, maybe just a little bit lower or something like that. Um, when it comes to paying what they pay out of their own pocket, I would say Grubhub probably is close to the bottom. 
and, and again, it kind of depends on how busy. When, when things are just normal and everybody's at their base rates, Grubhub probably pays a little bit more than DoorDash as far as what they pay and less than Uber Eats. And then when DoorDash has peak pay and things like that or any other bonuses, then they move well past Grubhub. But, you know, again, I kind of the tips are the great equalizer there. And, and to me, it doesn't matter how much is tipped and how much comes from the company. What matters to me is how much am I making for this and is it meeting my 50 cent a minute minimum? And that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Grubhub has been meeting that minimum less and less lately, and that's why I'm doing a little bit less with them. But in the end, I, I'm going to give Uber, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to give Grubhub some credit for kind of stepping up their game and doing those minimums during this pandemic, because that's kind of a big departure for them. Now, for me, you know, that's kind of how the delivery process works and the pay works. And the pay is not that bad. The, the pay is generally pretty good um, when there's a good offer. And you know, the good offers seem to be less and less often. I think my issue with Grubhub, though, there, there's a piece about Grubhub that uh, I didn't really do this mu this much on the Uber Eats uh, episode. But there's a different feel when I'm delivering for Grubhub. You know, in 2018, two-thirds of my delivery money was from Grubhub. In 2019, it was three-fourths of what I was making was Grubhub. This year, it's 40%. Since, since March, uh, since the 1st of March, it's actually only been a third. That's a huge drop-off. Why is that? Here's what it comes down to. There's two things. First of all, someone else caught up. Uber Eats caught up. And there for a while, Grubhub was my main one because they were the most consistent. They were the ones that you could always rely on that you're going to make a certain rate. And um, I had always hoped somebody else would kind of come along and do that. Uber Eats could pay pretty good as far as what they pay out of their pocket, but you didn't know it because you didn't know where they're going. And when Uber Eats made some changes and, and, and I think, you know, dramatic improvements as far as the information they're giving us, all of a sudden, I was making as much on them as I was with Grubhub. And, <clears throat> and this leads me to the other part is I felt a lot more freedom when I was doing Uber Eats. I took a challenge in March uh, just to see how would I do if I just did the whole week just focusing on Uber Eats. And if I did any Grubhub, it was more to kind of fill the little gaps. And it was just reversing what I normally did. And I was blown away by how much I was making. But what really blew me away was the sense of freedom. There is this cat and mouse game, this manipulation thing. There's something going on between Grubhub and drivers and things like that that, that isn't an issue with, with Uber Eats, really as much even with anybody else. Uh, there, there's something about Grub, Grubhub that they're always trying to kind of force you into compliance. And I'm one of those people, you listen to me enough, you know that I'm, I don't believe that you got to comply with anything because you're an independent contractor. You got to make your own choices. But Grubhub has this way of trying to pressure people into accepting so many orders. Um, in, uh, as far as the scheduling, there, there are just so many little things. And, and part of the problem is they've got all these like these little unwritten rules, you know. Um, and people have been denied access to scheduling because of things that there's no communication. That these things are wrong. It happened to me uh, towards the end of eight, 2018. I got this email. It said, we noticed something odd and we are reviewing your account for the time being, you will keep any currently scheduled blocks, but you do not have access to schedule new blocks. I could go available, but I couldn't go on block. 
And I had no idea why. They didn't tell me why. Well, I finally got through to my driver specialist. And you know what he found out? One time. One time. I went unavailable more than 15 minutes before the end of my block. There's nothing anywhere that says you can't do that. There's there's nothing in there. There are no rules like that. But I broke this rule that they never told me was there. And they do this a lot. And and you and especially hear about it through forums and different things like that, that, uh, okay, you know, you, you dropped too many blocks. So you're losing this, pro, this privilege. Um, you got too much of this contribution. Grubhub has had this thing where there's a minimum amount. You, you know, if you, if you accept all your orders, then you can, you're guaranteed $12 an hour. Well, $12 an hour is nowhere near enough, so I'm not accepting all my orders. I never get that. But some people, oh, you got too much contribution. We're taking away your schedule access because we think maybe you're cheating the system. <laughs> and, and, and it's all this stuff where there's no rules. And they use that schedule block as kind of a... A carrot, I, I think on a kind of like a carrot on the stick. They use it as, as a uh, just a way to force you into compliance. And I've never liked that. And it's all stuff they never put in writing. But it's, 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 this, it's this manipulation and it's this control game with Grubhub. Grubhub has these, I mentioned earlier, like the, the programs where Thursday, Friday, or Saturday access to schedule. And it's all based on, you know, if you accept like 95% of your orders, it varies by market, then you get access on Thursday. And, and also you can't drop your blocks or anything like that. Maybe you drop a few blocks and you accept 80%. Well, then maybe you can, you can schedule on Friday. And I'm always one that's able to schedule on, on uh, Saturday because I won't accept that many orders. But they use that as, as, as something to hold over drivers to try and get them to take more orders and, and really control them. And it's an issue. It is a big problem because you're independent contractors. They're not supposed to hold that kind of control over you. And, and I've always hated that. And I think it was this thing when I got away from that in March that it was like, oh, my God, this is so freeing. It really was. It was like a weight off of my shoulders. I hated Saturday mornings because you almost had to go in at exactly 1045. That's what it was in Denver to get your schedule. And then you had to hurry and go through and grab all the blocks that you could. And I hated it. Um, and I've never loved my Saturday mornings more, I think, than when I quit doing that back in March. Uh, because, oh, you know what? If I don't get my blocks, I can do Uber Eats now. And and so there's there's just this different feeling for me that all has to do with this control thing. And I got to tell you, it's real easy. It'd be real easy to jump on a soapbox about all of that because I did that once already. I recorded this and I went almost an hour. So it's kind of like, um, I'm already going to go long as it is anyway. So I'm going to hold off on that. But I understand too, some of where Grubhub's coming from because They've got a problem. They can't get drivers to accept orders. Maybe that's one problem with giving full disclosure of what the amount is. If a customer doesn't tip, that's like a $3 order. How do you get drivers to take that, you know? And so another issue that they've got lately is they can't get drivers to get to the restaurant on time. Well, this is that cat and mouse thing because the problem is, is Grubhub sends you there early and you're stuck waiting. So drivers figure that out. Okay, I'm going to go get gas before I go there. Or I'm going to go take this other delivery, and then I'll go pick up the food because then the food should be ready. It's all this thing to avoid keeping, you know, waiting. Unfortunately, what happens is too often when drivers do that, well, you know what? The restaurant actually has the food ready. 
Or there's also a problem with the arrival time that Grubhub communicates that sometimes is wrong. You know, it says the food's not going to be ready until 20 after, and the food's already ready. You know, and so there's there's an issue on that end. So a lot of times the food is waiting and waiting and waiting, and the driver gets there 45 minutes after they receive the order. So Grubhub feels like, okay, we got to crack down a little bit. So they really want to try and force drivers to get to the restaurant, so they make this big deal. Um, sometimes they will send an offer, and it won't tell you an arrival time. It'll just say, go immediately to the restaurant. And I've had that happen, and I go to the restaurant, and the restaurant just got the order. And it just ticks me off to no end. I don't think Grubhub realizes that they are more of the problem in this than what they think they are. I think that Grubhub's got so much bravado that, you know, they still think that they're the king of the mountain. <laughs> and, and and it's kind of like if there's an issue, they feel like the issue is with the drivers, not with them. It's not with the horrible dispatching. It's not with this making drivers wait or anything like that. It's 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 all the problem of the drivers. And so... They're trying to crack down on drivers getting there too late. They're trying to crack down on drivers taking orders from other restaurants. I had an order Saturday that it was, you know, it was just that perfect thing. It was like, I realized it's like, I got a feeling this one's not going to be ready. And I get the order and their food's not going to be ready for a half hour. There was an order that came in through Uber Eats. I went over to pick that up. And actually the customer was halfway between the Grubhub restaurant and the Grubhub customer. So it was just a perfect fit. I picked that up. I got back to the Grubhub restaurant right as the food was coming out. The timing, I couldn't have planned that better. Funny thing is, is when I pick up from the Uber Eats you know, restaurant, there was a Grubhub driver that had been waiting 25 minutes for his order. Same restaurant. Food's ready when I get there. Grubhub driver's waiting half hour. And that, ex- that, that, that explains a lot of the issue right there. And and so it's it's just this thing that it's like if they fix their dispatching, I think they fix a lot of their issues. And like I said, it's it's so easy to get up on a soapbox. But Grubhub, here's what I've got to say to you about this whole thing. If you want me to take more orders, quit offering me deliveries from restaurants that are seven miles away from me when the restaurant right across the street has orders that are waiting for drivers. Dispatch better. And you will fix a lot of your problems. It's just drivers know the problems and they're going to fix it themselves because you can't. And that creates other issues. And then you've got to try and force us into stuff. And it just doesn't work. If you fix your issues, you also fix a lot of the problems with the drivers. Anyway, enough of that soapbox. Here's my final thoughts on what it is like to deliver for Grubhub. When things are going well with Grubhub, it can pay really, really well. Grubhub has been consistently the one platform that you could just rely on. And I don't know that that has changed. You know, I think if I just did only Grubhub or mostly Grubhub these last few months, I'd probably make pretty close to the same amount of money. And you'll have to forgive the dog barking in the background if you can hear it. Uh, I like this microphone because usually it kind of keeps that out, but sometimes you can hear it. And anyway, that's the thing is I think if there were one platform to choose to be consistent, if you needed to pick just one, I still think Grubhub could be it. I just I don't like the control thing. So for me, maybe it's more of a personal thing. And because I can do just as well now on a different platform, 
that is less controlling, I tend to go more towards that that uh, platform. That said, I think Grubhub is struggling. They've dropped in market share. I know a lot of restaurant owners that they just like Grubhub the least. And maybe it's just some of the shady practices that they've had that have caught up with them. I don't know. I loved them when they first started out because they paid so much better. And they were the ones that helped me realize that, you know what? You could make serious money doing this delivery thing. And when you get into a groove with Grubhub, man, nobody can touch them. Nobody can touch them. I, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. When you get out of a grub, uh, uh, get out of a groove with Grubhub, everybody can touch them. Everybody blows by them, you know? And, and so I don't know. It, it's just an interesting thing with them. I deliver less for Grubhub than ever before. But having said that, I really recommend if you're not signed up with Grubhub, you have to get signed up with them. If there's a waiting list, get on the waiting list. I, I don't care because there's just too much potential with them. There's too much of an upside. And if they can fix some things, that's even better. But there's some consistent and good money and and they can be a great primary platform for somebody. Um, I, I think they're a lot better than DoorDash. And I think they're close to Uber Eats right now. I never thought that I'd say Uber Eats was going to be the best one, in my opinion. But the thing is, is Grubhub is a very solid number two, if not number one, and you got to get on with them. Now, I don't get any, I don't get anything for that recommendation. They don't have any referral program. I still wish that they did, but I just think that your delivery arsenal is so complete if you are on with Grubhub, and uh, because there, there's just some, there's some great deliveries you can get with them. So there's issues, but there's also a tremendous upside as well. That's my take on what it's like to deliver with Grubhub. Thank you, folks, for sticking with me. This is maybe my longest episode. It's, it's going to be very close, if not the longest. But I want to ask you a question real quick. Does, does the Entree Courier website, does the Deliver on Your Business podcast, any of those things help you run your delivery business? Because if it does, can you let people know about it? Let it let, tell, tell people about us on social media. And you can look for the Entree Courier on just about everything on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter's probably my most active right now even LinkedIn, and um, just look for Entree Curry on any of those, and uh, or, or direct them over to the website, to the podcast, or anything like that, because here's the thing. If more people can find us, it's just more people that we can help them take control of their business, help them make some good business decisions, and actually, you know, take control of their life, maybe even, because they are thinking in terms of being in control now, of being the boss. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do, is kind of close out today is do exactly that. Take control. Realize that you're running your own business. You get to make the decisions. Be the boss.